Support for Food Friday Leftovers comes from Berkshire Co-op Market, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, a community-owned natural grocery store dedicated to sustainable agriculture, the local economy, and the environment. Working within the community to better Berkshire County, one basket at a time. Berkshire.coop. Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. We are actually not in the fridge. We have a plate of delicious gluten-free brownies here. Bruce and Mark are joining us once again. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. On our Vox Pop episode, you had you were talking about blenders and Instant Pots and all these different appliances and how we can use them to sort of minimize the cleanup and have this fun, easy, delicious recipes that you can basically make in your blender. Yep. So um, carrying along with that theme of making things easy and having easy cleanup, and myself, I'm a mother, you know, working mom and don't have a lot of time. There are so many different dessert options out there. And I always feel like it has to be so complicated. Right. And uh, I think in previous episodes, I've told you both that I can't bake my way out of a wet paper bag. (laughs) But um, I am a part of the smoothie nation and I love using my personal blender to make smoothies in the morning. And I'm so happy to hear that there are options available for people like me so I can throw things in the blender and then literally pour it out, bake it in the oven for a little bit, and then I can have delicious brownies like the ones that you brought today. You can, but as we said in the earlier show, you can't make this brownie batter in your little smoothie blender cup, the individual thing you use. You need a very particular blender. Mm -hmm. You need one that's been designed with high horsepower high RPM to handle the batter. That can drive a power yeah. boat, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> but let me also say, you know, smoothies make great desserts. They're not just for breakfast. So mm-hmm. they, they make great sweet desserts. And despite the fact that I have written up teen thousands of recipes, when it comes to just a really great simple dessert, give me an amazing tangerine. I'll cut open a ripe pineapple. I'll even have it's a perfect banana. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, you're a working parent. You don't have time. You should never feel the obligation to have to put homemade brownies in front of your kids. <laughs> when the kids so many prefer other, it. The kids <laughs> might Here, prefer Here's it. a pineapple. Here's a brownie. Oh, no. <laughs> make, make your choice. You can make a mess I, with it. I might actually take the pineapple. Sure. <laughs> well, that's, that's good, but you're weird. So... <laughs> Uh, I would take the brownie every time, every single time. So Well, there's also the smoothie bowl, too, right? Ah, yeah, smoothie yeah. bowls are great, and it's not just because of what goes in the bowl. It's what goes on top, mm-hmm. and that's what smoothie bowls are all about. If anyone's listening doesn't know, smoothie bowls, basically, you'd make a, a, a super know. thick smoothie, whether it's banana, raspberry, or chocolate caramel, and you it's got yogurt, it's got fruit, it's got even whatever you've put in it to thicken it. You pour that into a bowl, like a cereal bowl, and then you eat it with a spoon, but first you cover the top 
with sliced berries, with granola. Pancakes, hamburgers. (laughs) Crumbled Oreo cookies. So you cover it with all this fabulous stuff, and then you eat it with a spoon. It's like the Bloody Mary of smoothie bowls. Oh, I love those Bloody Marys that come like with a whole fried chicken on top. (laughs) Well, this sounds like a restaurant idea, like a Chipotle kind of thing with the smoothie bowl. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's big. Smoothie bowls are really, really big. big. And they're really really great in the morning because you can whip them up, and then, like Bruce says, you can top them with fruit or with a little granola. Uh, that kind of thing, and they really, honestly, right? They can t- take anything. We've even made them with dates in them. We have. Mm-hmm. Um, we even made them with prune juice in them. We did. I've even made them, and with they're prune really juice. good. That'll get you going. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> How's that gluten-free brownie doing? It's delicious. Yeah. I'm trying not to chew. I'm trying to eat as quietly as possible. The thing is, I never. I try not to tell. There's people, a cough button for a reason. But. Yeah, I try yeah, yeah. not to tell people that they're gluten-free because you won't believe it. Um, Do people think it's di- like a different taste if it's gluten free? They expect the, it to well, not be as. Well, there are people. Well, tasty. you know, there are two camps of gluten issues. There are people who absolutely don't want to eat gluten, and then there are people who say, "I'm eating gluten, and I don't want anything that's gluten free because it won't be as good." So when we want to make things like this, which are so chewy and fudgy and fabulous, and it just you don't tell people who would be afraid of it. The only thing, right. so people who think, that's "Oh, it a... can't possibly taste good without gluten," but you know what? These are amazing. They there's, are. There's finely ground up nuts in them, and there's chocolate, and there's butter, and there's sugar, and there's eggs, and then there's cornstarch, and that's what I use to sort of give it some body and start to hold together. And the combination of the cornstarch, the cocoa powder, the nuts, and the bittersweet chocolate, the unsweetened chocolate, hold it together. I to just want to go back texture. and say something that you said that there are people who don't want to and people who want to, mm-hmm. or what have you said? I actually think that it's. I just. I, I want to argue your point <laughs> and Please. say that I don't think the world divides that easily into, um, I don't know what, into two camps. I think that that people are trying to make good choices and they're trying to make intelligent choices for themselves. And, and you know, they've heard some bad raps about flour sometimes. I'm not speaking of people with celiac disease. I'm mm-hmm. Yeah, those just, people have no choice. They yes. cannot. I'm just speaking of, you know, run-the-mill people. Like my brother doesn't eat gluten or... Whatever. And I'm just speaking about those people. And I think they're trying to make good choices. And I don't think they're really hard and fast. I just think they're always trying to drive towards something healthier. Now, that said, although those brownies are gluten-free, they ain't healthy. There's a good stick of butter in there. I never claimed that they were healthier. Gluten-free only means there are no wheat products. So if you have a problem with gluten for whatever reason... For whatever reason you can't eat it or have chosen not to eat it, that's that's. I mean, why I hear people say option. to me in mm-hmm. our career, you know, oh, I make a gluten free cake, and then you say, well, what's in it? And then you know, here it go. It's two sticks of butter, <laughs> and it's four eggs, and it's rice flour, and that's great. And you should you should try the brown rice flour cake. Absolutely, the gluten free cake. However, you you can't possibly say that with two sticks of butter and four eggs and whatever else is going on in there and it's healthier and a quarter cream a lot of people do that it's healthy put that in there like people sell food will put these labels on them and that of course it fits into the next health trend or whatever favorite thing i ever saw is we passed if i hadn't seen it with my own (laughs) eyes i wouldn't have believed it that we passed a paint store that was advertising gluten-free paint now i don't know what (laughs) i don't know if i don't know maybe there is a wheat residue in paint that i don't know about that could be you're not ingesting it i don't know that could be airborne i hope not but (laughs) 
honestly, and this was a I'm major pretty sure I've only heard change. don't eat paint chips. <laughs> right. I don't, I mean, don't drink your paint. That's yeah. gross. So, but I don't know why they were doing gluten-free paint. But you're right. People slap um, a healthy, a healthy label on things when they take things out. I remember, you know, even before gluten-free became so popular as it is, you know, let's just even go back 10, 15 years when it was all about fat-free. The fat-free yep. cookies, the yep. fat-free cake. And if you looked at the ingredients, if you're lowering the fat, you're going to have to up other things. Mm -hmm. And what they upped tremendously was the sugar yep. and the chemical signature because then you need something else to give it the body that mm -hmm. fat did. So, yes, now you're eating fat-free cookies, but they're worse off for you in sugar-wise than you were. So you can't look at things that have an ingredient removed for any given reason and say, oh, this is now healthier. Spoken by the man who I've watched eat a bag of fat-free cookies in his life. <laughs> but I, well, I well. didn't <laughs> fool myself that it was healthier. I just had a problem with fats and not it's with It's just like that. <laughs> that we was spoke my about issue. It on the show, we spoke about this cashew ice cream that we had last night that was delicious. It was dairy-free. It was vegan, right? It was, it was a, a vanilla ice cream made with cashews and cashew milk. It wasn't cashew-flavored. Right. It was mm -hmm. vanilla ice cream made with cashews as a base, cashew milk. But mm -hmm. but when I checked the calorie signature of it, oh, it was <laughs> through the roof. Because nuts have a very high fat content, and ounce for ounce, you're going to get more fat per mouthful of cashews you than can. you are through mouthful of cream. Uh, I'm not sure on that one, but you can well, you can get <laughs> the, the 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 calorie signature on this cashew ice cream, this brand that we were eating, was sig significantly higher than a pint of Haagen Dazs. Thank you for not telling me last night when I went back for the third scoop. <laughs> 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 right. It really is amazing, though. Uh, I've had a few things at restaurants where it was a vegan version of something like right. vegan lasagna or something like that, and it is amazing how nuts can change. And texture, mm -hmm. and they yep. don't—they don't have a cashew taste. Like no. anything that's used, any sort of cheese sauce or vegan cheese sort yep. of sauce yep. that has been nut-based, yep. you can't even tell. And that's because raw nuts tend to have much lower flavor profiles of the nut than toasted. Once you cook and toast something, you break the protein chains, and when you break the protein chains by the heat, you change the flavor. It's the same thing even if you eat raw meat or raw fish. If you eat sushi, you, you, it tastes very you mild. You don't just break the flavor. You make it more tasteable yeah. by humans who for millennia have cooked over fire and learned to eat. I mean, your dog would prefer the steak uncooked. Right, you, but your dog can taste long protein chains. Because your dog can still taste but these we long can. So when we cook chains. all proteins from nuts, from meat, from fish, from chicken, they develop more flavor to us. So that's why when they make these vegan substitutes out of nuts, they're usually using raw nuts. And so you can get the texture and the protein body and the fat without adding a whole lot of their own flavor. Yeah, I had a, a vegan lasagna once that had a cashew cream, you know, like instead of the ricotta cheese, it had the cashew cream mm -hmm. in the middle of it. And boy, that was fine. It was so rich and it was so tasty. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, man. But don't kid yourself that you're dropping the calorie signature. <laughs> no, but if you're no. choosing vegan because you don't want to eat animal products for that's whatever right. reason, that's a wonderful way to do it. And nuts are always the go-to solution because they're so high in protein mm -hmm. and high in fat. So they're a wonderful substitute for animal protein. Yeah. So I had a question about leftovers. Okay. Right? Because this is Food Friday leftovers, then why not, right? Um, 
if you have leftover things, like for example, let's say by some wild, unconventional chance, there's leftover brownies in someone's house. <laughs> okay. Is there a way to repurpose them and create a different dessert? Oh, sure. Using the blender? Or would you just kind of crumble them and throw them in something? Mm-hmm. Or Well, I've never tried doing this in the blender. I've done it in the past in a food processor. You could take the brownies and put them in a food processor and pulse them with a little bourbon just until they get moist enough to roll into balls. And it's the most perfect brownie bourbon balls. And it's like that easy. And then roll it in chopped nuts or cocoa powder. Right. Well, um, I'll take this tray. In. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please. You're Sounds like a good too. Friday night uh, snack. Yeah. <laughs> bourbon brownie balls. Yeah, yeah, sure. And totally. you can either get really stale and then put them in the blender and pulse it until you have like brownie breadcrumbs. And then you can play with the brownie breadcrumbs in some way to, you want to coat a piece of salmon and breadcrumbs? I had a friend. Breadcrumbs. I had a friend in grad school who was from a Mennonite home, and you know, thousands of children, very religious home. She grew up at the Beecher Bible and Rifle Church in Kansas, <laughs> oh. Be- because when Lyman when Lyman Beecher told his congregation in pre Civil War to move to Kansas to vote slave or free, he told them, "Take your Bible and your rifle." And so many members of his congregation from Connecticut picked up and moved to Kansas and founded the Beecher Bible and Rifle Church. Anyway, it was a a Mennonite church, and they were very frugal, as Mennonites often are. And my friend told me that no matter what was left over for dinner, if the kids didn't eat everything— it appeared in the pancakes the next morning. <laughs> oh. Dressed salad, oh, lasagna, chicken, anything oh. that was uneaten. You learned to finish your plate. Appeared yeah, in the I pancakes so. the next morning. <laughs> so there's a, there's a way to use leftovers. Just shove it in pancakes. Oh, man. I, I think my kid would probably hate me. <laughs> yeah, really? Seriously? Actually, Seriously? I'm, not, I'm not kidding with this, but... A leftover brownie at the base of a smoothie, it would be pulverized in the turbo blender with a little yogurt, a banana. It'd be fantastic. It would thicken it too. It would thicken it. That'd yeah. be good. I wonder if you could. So do there you go. That's your leftover like a, smoothies. There you go. You know how you can do a graham cracker crust. I mm-hmm. wonder if these would ever dry out enough to do like a, a brown leftover if brownie you crust. Grind it up into those breadcrumbs and then mix in some melted butter, and then press it out into a pie shell. Sure, why not? Cool. Oh, I need you guys to over before I clean out my fridge every Tuesday night and trash night. <laughs> That's what you do on Tuesday nights? You oh, yeah. clean out your fridge? Well, we, it's trash night, so if there's stuff oh, in there that's left over that's been it. there a while, we're I like, got it. it. I've been playing this game where I've tried to see how far I can go without going back to the grocery store and get creative with different things. And how? what's your record? Uh, so far, I have gone five whole days. <gasps> Wow. wow. Like, and you have a child. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Now, Do you go to the grocery store more than once a week? I used to go more than once a week. I used to go on Wednesdays and like Friday wow. or Saturday. I often go more than once a day. Yeah. Well, but we're writing a, a lot of cookbooks. <laughs> yeah. But, I, well, because <laughs> I used crazy. to, well, I used to go because I'd get like fresh ingredients and I found some, some brands with leafy greens. If it's not in season and you get the, the greens in the, in a bag or like one of those boxes they go bad so i would go and just get the small bundle every now and then and cut it up and use it and then go back to the store and i said okay i'm going to the store too much 
I'm buying all this crap that I'm I'm hungry and I say, Oh, I want this and I Never buy it and then shop hungry. Never shop. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I did well, it all the time. You know those bags and those clamshells of mm-hmm. greens all have expiration dates on them. Yeah. So check those expiration dates. If it's less like than days if it's less than two or three days, don't buy it because it won't last. Because when they first put them out, you probably have ten days to two weeks. So you shouldn't be buying something, spending the same money. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know I've in our local before, supermarket, yeah. it, when it gets down to two or three days on those, they always mark them down to like two dollars a package as opposed to the five or six. It's so hard though, right? Because we just before we came here, we went to Whole Foods in Albany. For to pick up some lunch, and of course I was hungry, so we were picking up, you know, wrap sandwich or whatever on our way here. And what am I doing? But I'm like, oh, okra pickles, oh kimchi, <laughs> oh this, oh that. I'm just picking up stuff right and left. So now I'm taking home store. a jar of okra pickles and kimchi because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking it and there's up. There's a new cookbook coming out for <laughs> no, no apparent reason. Well, I, I mean, do I want okra pickles? I guess I did. We'll have burgers for dinner with kimchi. And nothing. There's nothing like kimchi and mayonnaise oh, on a burger. That's my favorite burger in the world. I can't wait to grill again. Oh. Well, well, it's supposed yeah. to be warm next week. So this weekend, this right? weekend, yeah. we're this, having the yeah. big thaw. We're gonna thaw yeah. out. Listen, you I know still what? Need my backyard to lose about ten inches of snow. Oh first. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where we live, we need ours to lose about two feet of snow. But, <laughs> but I look out at it all the time, and I keep saying the same thing to myself: drought relief, drought <laughs> relief. That's true. Because mm-hmm. where I live, we're in bad drought straits. Yeah, we're so. a little. West of, I think, the dividing line. Yeah. yeah Barely. We're on bad straits where I live. And so I just. And it all melts at once. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's good. My well's overflowing. <laughs> I need these things to happen. And end up in your basement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have most of our stuff in plastic that's on the basement floor. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. We moved in two days before uh, Hurricane Irene came through. Oh, no. So was nice. Move into your first house, and then wow. <laughs> there goes the basement. Oh, was sorry. Irene the one we were out for like a week of I power? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that's right. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> and then you really had to do the, the grocery shop challenge and scrounge <laughs> together. Yeah, what's You'd be there? having uh, kimchi and pickle sandwiches or well, something. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, we have a deep freeze in the basement. Mm-hmm. And because we tend to, certainly when it comes to certain meat, like we we have a pig raised for us every year and we had actually just gotten the the meat from this and so there was about 180 pounds of pork when that power went out <sighs> but those deep freeze I, it's set on negative 15 degrees so it's cold and it's so well insulated that on top of that as soon as the power went out we threw all these blankets around the freezer mm-hmm. over and the top and it around. stayed frozen for four days oh wow, wow. yeah did it say frozen just solid but still you just have to get the picture of two guys moving from the center of Manhattan <laughs> to the country and losing power for a week. It was it was it was like the worst Green Acres episode <laughs> that could ever occur. It was, was I Lisa or Oliver? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> does it? it really doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> so it goes. So you guys would tell us funny stories all the time. Would you have another one to end on? You seem like a bottomless pit of funny stories. <laughs> rock on tours. Yeah. Just rack on tours. Um, funny story? I don't know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't have anything. Give me a topic. Um, last time, what were they talking about? Your uh, One of your TV appearances last time. I forget what the story was. 
Did we tell you when I pulled the drink out of Barbara Walters' cold yes. dead hand? Yes. We have told you. That's, uh, that's yeah, one, of our more, one of our more famous stories. That's, that was we tell you, By the time nice we had to go on Fox and Friends to promote our peanut butter book, and we were out, oh, Bruce. We were out with friends yeah, drinking yeah, champagne yeah. and showed up uh, at Fox and Friends, Bruce. still probably the blood alcohol level uh, that, thank Bruce. goodness, is Manhattan and we could take a taxi. Oh, <laughs> Bruce. I can tell you that one time we were on the Today Show and um, there was an anchor. I shall not give her name on the Today Show, but there was an anchor and she was a very, very high type A so type A that the entire time that we're taping our episode, she had her cigarette just off camera burning on the table so she could pick it up when the camera turned away from her. And very, very tightly strung. Well, I ended up insulting her on air, didn't I? I, I didn't mean to. You basically told her her six-year-old niece was an idiot. I did. <laughs> and she got very angry at me because I insulted the taste of her six-year-old niece. And, and have we ever been invited back? I don't think so. I think no, that, that was, was the end of it. Right no, no. There. We got back once more, but then you got bleeped. And so <laughs> oh, we've oh, never been invited right, back after that. Right. I, Strike um, two. Yeah. I, you know, it's... Southern boys raised in fundamentalist homes can have salty mouths. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you need that 10 second delay button. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I see that Very we're on, with us. on yeah. Vox Pop. Ray's always got his hand right near the button. It's like sitting always like right over there <laughs> in case I say something. So, yes, I insulted this poor woman's niece by telling her that her niece's food choices were bad and she got very it mad. It was all about fried peanut butter sandwiches. Correct. And we were making them on the air with rye bread, strawberry jam, and peanut butter fried mm -hmm. in butter. And she said, no, my niece says it has to be grape jam and white bread. And, and I said, no, well, your niece is wrong. I said, your niece is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so she said, she's only six years old. Then we cut to a commercial and she reached for her cigarette. <laughs> and didn't talk to me again. So, <laughs> so I think I insulted her. So I'm, it's okay. She's off the news well, at this point. Well, I think, you know, six-year-olds like plain white bread and grape jelly. And when you get older, your tastes change and you like okay, something let me tell you. a little more too. Let me tell you, I was the only grandson, the only grandchild in a big German immigrant family. So when, and they were farmers, all farmers. And when I was a kid, they would kill whatever they killed, you know, to eat chickens, cows, pigs, anything that moved that they would slaughter to eat. And all of the inner organs, the brains, the heart, the liver was safe for me. It was because I was the special grandson. I was oh. the one and only <laughs> grandson. And you eat, you eat the tenderloin. tenderloin. You eat muscle meat. <laughs> Your grandchild eats the organs, the high, high, high nutrient value things. So it was honestly not until I was maybe in junior high school and talking f to friends that I discovered that eating brains was weird. I <laughs> oh, thought wow. it was totally normal. Like, And I it's thought special. I was special because I got to eat brains and scrambled egg for breakfast. For Mark's third birthday. <laughs> for, Mark's, <laughs> it's far. for Mark's birthday in third grade, yep. he asked his mom to make tongue. And my mother kids. literally said, I'm oh. not making tongue for your friends. And oh, I was like, oh, man. Dude, I want tongue and orange cake. <laughs> Together at last.
<laughs> so there you go. So see, and the kids never came over again. Yeah. Well, hey, tongue is tongue, right? That sounds like a great children's book. <laughs> what tongue is tongue? <laughs> sure. Yeah, and they never came over again. <laughs> That's the title of it. Every single page is, and they never came over again. <laughs> Mark fed his friends brains and tongue, and, and they, they never, never came, came over, over again. again. <laughs> uh, see, we got there. Sure, we sure do. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That was Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough, noted cookbook authors. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. Thank you.